Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of all marketing school certification. Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing, and share their stories via outstanding content. <laughs> I feel like you're waiting to see who's going to break first. <laughs> I was waiting to see if Amy was with me today. How close were you going to get to the microphone to say hello? Because that's what we were playing with right before we got on right now. <laughs> This is what happens at the end of the year. This is this is how you have fun in November. <laughs> yeah, before before Christmas. This is how you yeah, when you start to go a little bit do lally, this is what happens. Before you're allowed to sing Christmas songs, you just mess around on a microphone. You say that, but actually I think pretty much everyone has now said, you know what, we're gonna start playing Mariah, even if it's the 15th of November. That's pretty much where everybody started it this year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what, Fab? I've just, I came back from the gym, right? I went to a lunchtime gym class, okay? And they had their Christmas tree up and their Christmas decorations. I was like, excuse me, it's November. Come on. What, you're joking, but I got shade for telling somebody off to be like, do you really need the Christmas tree up right now? They were like, how dare you? I was like, okay, sorry. (laughs) Sorry I even mentioned that. People... People feel this year, I think that a lot of people feel like they haven't had Christmas properly last year. So I feel there's a lot of uh, attachment to Christmas trees and Mariah and Spies more than what I would have ever expected to have in the middle of November. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like, I love this is what we're talking about. Um, I feel like last year people started early. I feel like people started like this time of year last year. But I feel like people have started even earlier this year. Like I really do. I feel like people have just gone, oh, it's the beginning of November. Let's start putting the Christmas tree up. And there's a joke about what is it, Halloween finishes and then off we start with Christmas. And, you know, for retailers, I get it. Shopping, I get it. They're like, what we're going to talk about next. But yeah, I, I agree with you. The general consumers, it's not even a case of like, it's the end of November. I kind of get it. It's literally beginning of November. But you know what? I understand because I looked at even just thinking about how much we've done. I say this, I've had, obviously I got married. So that's, that was a big thing, but Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of us haven't had proper holidays 
or you know literally maybe the first holiday you had was just about in summer so I think a lot of people are really looking forward to that and by the way we we weren't sure if we're going to mention it but I'm going to mention it if you hear some background noises I do apologize somebody's creating a tree house outside I don't know so you might hear that on my side so apologies for that (laughs) she was like I don't know what to say to that uh sure (laughs) my surprise a little bit I thought you were going to go back to the Christmas conversation. <laughs> I wasn't sure. To be honest, I thought about it. And then I'm like, I think people want their questions answered because when a little bit of a to get ourselves back on track. I know. And we had a couple of nice little chats at the beginning of this, and obviously for the first solo episodes with Amy. And I thought, okay, let's see if the world has some questions for us. Because obviously our chats are more like a way to kind of talk about our journey, business, but also what you want to hear about business and if we can give our two cents to help you out. So usually we ask questions. So just for context, our members get to ask questions to guests and interviewees every week for the after party that then is on the membership at the collective, which is creativehipmon.group slash collective, just in case. And that's slightly different. These are more questions that we ask everyone. So usually if you go to Instagram at creativeimpact.co, we put out a little questions and then you can just send them to us and we can answer them. So this is kind of the vibe. So, Amy, are you ready? We've got three questions to go through together, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be quite juicy. Are you ready for the juice? I am ready. I have no idea what you're going to ask me. You literally have not given me any kind of insight, heads up, um, opportunity to prepare anything. So, yes, I am ready. I am here. Bring it on. Podcast host of the year, shall I say? (laughs) Shall I say? (laughs) to be honest even I'm not prepared so we're both on the same boat I think it's just more natural or natural as they say or natural spontaneous chat I mean I'm starting with a hard question so just going on the spontaneousness (laughs) spontaneous chats about I like this question though and is how can I deal with difficult clients whoever was there I love it yeah straight on Difficult people, difficult clients. I don't know what type of clients we're going to speculate, but yeah, what would be your gut response to that? How do we deal? I think it's with difficult energies or difficult conversations or, you know, we've been doing this for a while. So I don't know if you had any thoughts on that to start off with. Difficult clients. Craig, we've all been there, haven't we? I think, you know, knowing myself, the initial reaction, if something difficult happens would be, And I am, you know, this is completely honestly, you know, I'll tell you what the process that I go through. So, you know, if I have a difficult client, my previous reaction will be to get really defensive for me to start, you know, wondering what's wrong with me. You know, why, why, why isn't this going the way that I wanted it to? And then, of course, when it comes to any need for being able to voice, you know, things that are difficult then backing out of it and saying, okay, yeah, no, 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 that's, that's fine. It's not a problem. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. No, no, that's fine. And then you get really frustrated and then you start to beat yourself up because you haven't voiced what you need to do. And then you go round and round in a circle and then that frustration continues. That has been historically what has happened in the past. Like, you know, these things happen. Um, and I know I'm not the only one that that has happened to, you know, I certainly speak to other people that that happens to too. Um, and it, it, it always seems very simple 
when you speak about it in theory, you're like, well, you've got different client, you, you'll voice your concerns, of course you will. But then actually, when it comes to the, the practicality of it, that can be really difficult in, you know, in practice itself. So, you know, those, those conversations are hard to have when you have a difficult client. But, you know, speaking from past experience, if you don't voice those concerns or if you don't take some sort of action, then that frustration does just keep spiraling. Um, and then you get really stuck and then you kind of lose sight of who you are and, you know, your reasons maybe for doing things if that client is pushing against those reasons or whatever. But yeah, it's challenging, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I agree. And I was, I have quite a lot to say about that now, but I'm, I'm going to explain now what I mean. But there's different layers and I don't want to repeat what you said because I think that is such a great point and it's such a great way to start almost I set up as you say the process to deal with it I'm almost going to go at the beginning of the process that you mentioned and something that people that know me will know about me I'm very energetic I'm very Italian obviously because I'm Italian and with that it comes it comes to I can be quite passionate quite vocal about things in a way that when I'm dealing with a lot of British clients or a lot of British people it can feel a bit in your face because it's just the way it is and again I deal with people from other countries and so even their cultural differences and we talked about it actually ourselves a few times even on one of the episodes of the podcast way back when cultural differences really make make a difference when it comes to communication so but I know that about myself so even before starting the process to say of voicing for people that are like me so if you resonate with with me getting really riled up or getting really excited or maybe getting really as you say like really feeling in your body maybe step away first before you actually voice the concerns because it's kind of hard to find that level-headedness sometimes. So that's, if you're like me, that's what I would say first. And then obviously it's so much easier to then put it very eloquently and almost to express the point in a way that is a bit more rational because it's hard sometimes. So that's what I would say. And then there's another thing that I wanted to say, which almost goes back to what if I've been... What if I've been dealing with clients for a while? What if I've been running my business for a while? And I just, sounds really hard, but I just don't want to get these clients that don't make me feel good or that I know that I cannot gel with or I cannot help because I just can't deal with, you know, we are people and a lot of us, a lot of people listening, will probably deal with individuals as individuals. So it's really hard because your personality also has to gel with the person that you're talking to. And this is something that I want to say it's harder to do when you're starting out. When you're starting out, you're probably going to say yes to everything because opportunities are great. And it's hard to say no to things. And also now you're going to roll your eyes because I'm going to say when you say no to things, you say yes to other things that are going to happen. And you're like, oh, Jesus, not again. But it's true. If you say no to an opportunity that doesn't feel 100% right, trust me, something better is going to come. One, because you have the space and the time to look for other things. Two, because you're going to feel motivated to actually stupid things like for example you might have five people that ask you to work with you and if you say no to one that doesn't feel too right you actually have the time and the energy and the space to follow up with the two people that you like that are being really slow at getting back to you so you know sometimes you have to think about it not just as a law of attraction thing but also as practically you are making more space for the other things that are around you because sometimes we forget about them but it is true when you are in a position when you know you feel a bit more comfortable saying no and turning down opportunities that don't feel right 
it's very woo-woo to start with. And we talked about it a lot, even with um, this couple of months with some of the guests like Sabi Care. Follow your gut. And you're like, oh, God. But it's genuinely, every single time, I had a feeling in my body be like, also, that goes to, if you're not sure what your gut is telling you, try to talk to this person first. You know, like, so a lot of like discovery calls and you don't have to have them all the time. If you know somebody or if you have an idea and they want to work with you, sometimes you just feel this feels good. You say yes. If you have a weird inkling, get to talk to this person for 20 minutes or people and see how you feel about that. Because your body, the way that they speak, what they ask, you know, get to know them. You don't have to be a right fit for them just. They also have to be a right fit for you. So that's one of the things I would say. So that's my twofold answer to that. And I don't know if you can back me up on the gut slash instinct slash new opportunities will come because I know it's really hard and I know it sounds very woo and sometimes very impractical, but I think there's a practical element to it and I've seen it working for me a lot. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's very easy to say, oh, well, you know, I... I can't get out of this situation that I'm in or, you know, from a practical perspective, I need this client um, because, you know, they're going to help me to pay the bills at the end of the month or, you know, for whatever reason, um, it can be very easy to feel like you are trapped within that situation that you don't necessarily feel comfortable in. If you have got a difficult client, obviously, you know, we've got to pay our bills. There are things that sometimes we just have to do to pay the bills. And, you know, that may be things that are are really easy. It may be things that are slightly more challenging. But at the same time, you know, as and when we are able to, if we're able to think about, well, actually, in this situation, how do I want to feel? How can I make myself and how can I support myself to feel better about this situation? So is it just saying, actually, do you know what? I'm not available for work with this client from next month. Is it saying, okay, well, maybe I need to voice something that's coming up to them and I need to have a conversation with this person. Is it saying, well, actually, they're not the issue. It's the fact that I don't maybe have the time to be able to focus on them properly. That's the problem. So I need support elsewhere. So where do I need to be able to make a change so that actually I do feel better in this situation with this client, whatever that might be. And I think once you start to look into that, then you start to understand a reason as to why things maybe aren't quite working or quite, you know, if there's a breakdown in communication, you might start to understand why, and then you can understand what you can do about it. But until then, then you've got that feeling of stagnation and feeling frustrated and feeling stuck. And that can be really hard. I love that. You helped me. Thank you. Because I think you helped me make it even more practical in the way that it it kind of can be seen as the bridging the gap between, obviously, understanding the reality of things. Okay, we've got bills to pay. Sometimes we have to say yes to things. But also, another thing that I want to say is that if you say yes to something because you really need it, and then after a bit, you either don't need it anymore, you find that it's really draining you, is also learning how to step back or away from it with grace. And that comes only by sometimes saying yes to things that maybe you know they're not ideal. And and again, I've been doing this for nine years now, probably 10 almost. Ah, um, So I've had plenty of those examples that I can bring to the table because it does happen. And when it, when it happens, you kind of learn a lot about yourself, but you also learn a lot about how to do it better. So 
I'm speaking from somebody who had to have a lot of hard conversations with some clients or some people and they had to step away from some things for plenty of different reasons because life happens. So it, it sadly, that has helped. I'm not going to lie. Actually having to do it <laughs> helps you get it more equipped. But as Amy mentioned as well, there are little things that you can do for yourself to make it even easier, even if you it's the first time ever that you approach it. So I hope it helps. Obviously, it depends on which stage you're at with a difficult client. Maybe this is more generic. Maybe it's an actual real example or something that happened recently. But um, I hope it gave you something to think about, dear listener, and dear you awesome human being, which I'm sure will be able to now deal with this with a lot more equipped knowledge. Now, a bit of a less hard question, Amy, because she was already like, oh, God, oh, my God, all these questions. I say so, but, you know, I find this hard for me because I, I resonate with the question. It's like, how do you keep on top of networking online? Ooh. I'm going to read it as, how do you keep on top of, like, building relationships and nurturing relationships online? Ooh. Ooh, how do you keep on top of building, rela- building and nurturing relationships online slash networking oh that's a juicy one isn't it that is a juicy one and actually one that can be really difficult some people find it really easy and you know I I was just listening to a podcast earlier actually you know about how this person was saying that they've made so many friends through Instagram and through Facebook groups and you know some people find it really easy to do that and other people find it harder because people are like well actually I'm I'm working in my business and I'm I'm trying to do all the stuff that I need to do for the day-to-day running of it and actually you know building the relationships is important but right here right now my priority is something else so it can be really tough really tough I feel, I feel like I, I let you start with this one and you're like ah <laughs> ah you know what the only the, the best solution that I have in my head as in like a, something that helps me when I do it again caveat when I do it because I don't always do it is actually be quite structured with it then again I say I'm a Virgo so that's the way that I operate if it's not structured then I lose track like everybody else but because I don't mind doing that it's slightly less energy draining as an empath I'm I would say I'm very much on the high spectrum of empath so if I'm around somebody for an hour I soak in their energy like a sponge and then whether it's a good or a bad one, I'm going to ride with it. So, you know, with laptops and separation is kind of helpful sometimes because I can detach a bit more from it. Nevertheless, it is, again, there's still quite a lot of energy that can run through. And the main problem when it comes to connecting online is just remembering, and it sounds really crude to say, but one of the biggest problems is reminding to connect the chicken with people when you don't need something from them. It's bad, but... You know, if I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I want somebody for, let's say, this podcast. Oh, my God, this is slightly different because I also wanted to catch up with Amy. It's nice. But, you know, maybe that's what I think. Oh, yeah, maybe I'm going to check in with Amy if she wants to do these episodes with me. But a lot of the time is even more so uh, I need help for a project I'm working on or I'm looking for a recommendation or whatever. So it's kind of hard sometimes to actually connect with people outside of that because let's put, let's be honest, maybe keeping in touch with, 30 to 40 people is a lot, but it can be manageable. But if you look at your any type of feed, whether it's your LinkedIn, your Twitter, your Instagram, anywhere online, you don't have only 40 connections, aside from your Facebook connections that you now don't engage with anymore, lol, uh, or most of us don't anyway. You have probably hundreds per 
network and you're like how the hell am I going to keep in touch with that so I think it's it's a real skill and it's something that requires literally for you to make the time and personally for me the best way even if I'm not perfect at it but to start setting up systems is to have a way to remind myself to check in with the right people as something that I call the golden list which I mentioned a few times actually in the membership with our members is like a list of people that I want to check in with periodically even if it's once a month it might feel enough because time warps when you're online but you have to make that conscious decisions to do that because it's really really hard I mean I want to see how Amy's doing but sometimes we go on and there's something to be said that you're a friend as well so if I don't talk to you for like two weeks or three weeks because life is crazy you are my friend especially because I'm the type of person that doesn't get mad if somebody doesn't message me for two weeks I don't care so you know that's different because there's I only am friends with people that have the same expectations as me when it comes to that, because otherwise I wouldn't be able to live. It's different when it's not a friend. I don't know if I'm making sense, but when there's a professional connection, it's like, it's not like, you know, there's this unspoken kind of understanding and mutual agreement is a bit different. What is the right time? What, how long should it pass? You know, what is the right way? It's complex, but I would say my first step is if you can try and find your golden list. And if 30 people is too much, can you think about 20, 10 is minimal, but maybe 20 people that you know you want to keep in touch on a recurrent basis. And even just when you're listening to this afterwards, writing that list down of 20 people and seeing it there is a good start. Because at least you know that these people, you almost want to track them. Have I, che- have I reached out in the last month? Have I checked in on them? And that can help. There are other systems, but I think this is probably a good starting point if it's making sense. I don't know if you ever tried it. When I do it, is really good, but I need to refresh my list as well, to be very honest. I love that. I love that. I think something that really works for me as well, because I, you know, hands up, I really struggle with the, with the connections online. Like I am that person that is rubbish on WhatsApp. I am rubbish on my Instagram DMs, you know, unless I know that I have to reply to someone you know it's a client or you know there is a real work need for it I am rubbish so something that I have found really helps is especially with things opening up now as well is trying as quickly as I can to take those online connections offline um so for example you know whether it's things like going to freelancers Christmas parties whether it's things like you know if you're both in the same city suggesting that you go for a coffee you know as for me personally and for people who do struggle with the more online stuff the quicker that you can get to know people maybe through some online communities the quicker you can get to know them offline as well the more likely again this is my experience but the more likely I am to then stay in touch with them because you know they're not just a person on a screen and obviously I know they're a human being but they're not just a person on a screen but they are a full-on 3D human being that I've met that I know that with any luck I like and therefore I'm much more likely to stay in touch with them but it does take those couple of touch points first in person for me to get a real understanding of who they are and really get a feeling as to you know what they're like, what's their personality, which can be really difficult to get on a screen. You know, I've done a few virtual coffees. They're lovely, but it's not the same. It's not the same. So, you know, again, this completely depends on your personality type. Fab, I think you're much better 
at it on the virtual stuff than I am. Um, but a, a top tip from me, again, if this works for you, is to take the online stuff offline as quickly as you can. You know why I love that? And I think I, I became a bit compliant. I want to say this because actually I became a bit compliant with the online because that's the only thing we could do. But I also agree with you in the way that we crave that offline connection again. And it's funny because we were literally talking to, to staff, uh, community manager, about, first of all, the two of us meeting for coffee because I haven't seen her in person in a long time. But also then to organize a very informal meetup for our people sometimes in the first quarter of 2022. Because now I feel more comfortable doing that. I know it's easier, possible, a bit, a bit less kind of kafafli. And make it quite, one thing that I would say is that for me it has to be quite kind of loose and relaxed because I think it's still really hard to kind of get gauge how things are going to go offline. And some of the people that we have in the community, that's the hard bit. They are in US or they are in Spain, but it's kind of nice to give the option to some of the people that are more local. And I find almost before, and tell me what you think as well. I think for me it's easy because I'm going to start with the community and then I'm going to bring them away to connect offline is easy because, you know, we can do it once, we can say, you know, it's in February and then the next one is going to be X, Y, and Z. And it can be a bit less, a bit more sporadic, whereas before, I think, before, obviously, all the lockdowns, especially if you lived in the UK, especially if you were nearby London, there was always something happening and you had to constantly be doing things and going in places. And I find almost now, you know, things have balanced out a bit. One, because we cannot manage our energy the same way but also too, because everybody realized that, you know, people are more conscious of how much effort they're going to make to go around. So I think it's actually a beneficial thing. But yeah, on that note, we are going to do an offline gathering ourselves, mainly for members. Maybe we'll open up to everybody else, but I'm not sure yet. Because even we, I am personally craving it because I have members that have been with us for like a year and a half and I've never seen them in person. <laughs> but again, it comes with maybe a bit more relaxed approach than what it used to be pre-lockdown. I don't know. I don't know if you feel the same way. I felt that literally the way that people are approaching kind of meeting and networking in person has shifted a bit because people are like, okay, I really need to want to go in order to go, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, personally, the the word networking just makes me want to shrivel up and curl up into a ball and walk backwards and forwards. Um, but that is my own introverted tendencies coming out there. But, you know, yes. Totally. I think the more, I want to use the word fluid. I don't know if that makes sense in this context, but like the more relaxed that we can be, you know, the better. And I think we are human beings who do crave person to person connection. You know, that is just a, a human need. Actually, it's one of our needs is human to human connection and having that feeling of, for want of a better word, a tribe around us of people. You know, it's a survival thing more than anything. And we want people who are like-minded to us within our sphere, I guess. I'm using some very complicated words here to try and explain what I'm trying to say. But basically, we need in-person connection. We need like-minded people. So again, you know, if we can mix that up and see people online, but also meet them in person, then great, let's do it. Because it is one of our needs and one of our instincts. I agree. I agree. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how that's going to develop more and more. I love the idea of you like shriveling us. It's like, let's network. Ugh. But again, it's, it's, it's also an element of, 
there's a lot of little barriers that might come when it comes to that. So I understand. So I hope, I hope we helped a bit with that. And whether you want to take it fully offline or whether you still want to have an online, it could even be that you go a hybrid and you first try and engage in connections offline. And then maybe you have this golden list that I mentioned just to keep track of the people that you really want to keep connected to that maybe you have met. And sometimes I have people that have done it even with friends, not even just from a professional level because it's hard. So, you know, let's help our brains a bit if we're struggling. I have my last question, which is quite a loaded question. And I know that actually off air, we were talking about it already. So maybe I'm going to, if you are open to explaining a bit of your situation, Amy, that maybe I can answer it and help you as well as I'm helping this person. Somebody looking to grow their business. Yay. So we're not beginners level and they're struggling. So I was like, how, actually, this is not a question. So I'm going to turn it into a question. I'm looking to grow my business, but struggling to scale. How can I go from one-to-one clients to the next level? I adapted the question because it wasn't a question. <laughs> but yeah, I know that Amy, you are in a similar situation. So if you want to give us maybe a bit of context about where you are, then I can maybe give us a bit of an answer to that as well, or what I would suggest to look at. Yeah. So um, actually this person, this, this was not me that sent in this question, I promise, but I am in a very similar situation. So, you know, I am getting fairly established with my one-to-one clients, um, but I want to be able to, take my business to the next level. I want to make something that is bigger than me, in essence, out of my business. And I would love to be able to not have to have me in my business working the entire time for it to be able to run. You know, it's it's starting to just change that pattern of me exchanging my time for money to, okay, cool, how can we create something bigger? How can we bring in other people? How can we scale it? So um, this question is very well suited for me in my situation especially so thank you whoever sent this in thank you because I want to know fab stop tips so can you tell us more fab please <laughs> um I was actually telling Amy or Fair that we have launched a build to scale which is going to be a new live accelerator just in case people don't know our live accelerator runs between uh, usually three to six weeks depending on the accelerator and, and then live cohorts and in this case it's going to be twice a week actually because it's only three weeks really to helping people kind of setting up new systems was quite intensive because it's slightly different. It's simpler than others because really I am a big believer in understanding how to scale and I had to do it. And sometimes I want to say this as well, because scale doesn't necessarily mean growth. And you mentioned it in your conundrum. It's like, again, in the accelerator, which creativeimpact.group slash accelerator, or you can check it out in the show notes. In the accelerator, we look at this actually, is understanding what is your model of growth or, and it's almost like, what is your definition of success? Like if the priority is to grow because you want to do more or you want to create something new or you want to help more people, that's one way, but you might find that the scalability and growth comes more from a place of, I want to be doing less in the business. I want to help more people by doing less, have more time to do the right things. That's another way to scale. And this is very unconventional. Some people are going to be like, <laughs> like business people be like, no, that's not true. But I find that, you know, we kind of have to make our own rules because we run our own business for a reason. So this is why I think it's important. And that's the reason why after asking some of our members and our audience that have a bit more of a business like Amy that's been more established and have been running business with one-to-one clients, how can we help them? And people are like, I need to take things to the next level. So first of all, answering the question without answering the question, how to scale the business. Suggestion that is, again, 
unpopular opinion, one of our favorite things to talk about. There is not one thing, and it's okay, annoying, but it's like, oh yeah, everybody's now talking about live live programs. I mean, lol, obviously we run some, but I've been running live programs for five years and I just love them because I am humble and I think I'm a good teacher and it's my favorite way to support people. So actually, instead of, you know, just running one-to-one and obviously the self-paid courses are still there, but they're not my favorite thing. I, I want to have the connection with people. So to me, it makes sense. And it makes sense with creative impact, how we want to scale the business. That makes sense for us. The reason why I'm saying this is because if something sounds appetizing because it's like that's what everybody's doing, what everybody's talking about, don't jump the gun just because that's the right way. Think about what is also most suited for two things. And we talk about in the accelerator, but I'm going to give you the lowdown. One, your core, I call it a startup level, MVP, minimum viable product, which is basically your core product. If you're a startup, it could be like your core uh, line or your, it can be your core service. Yeah. So first of all, what is aligned with your MVP? So what is that you're currently offering or that you want to offer? And what will be the best natural progression? So that's one thing you need to think about because you don't want to force a square into a circle or whatever you, you say it as. Um, and secondly, is also what, what works best for you? Which role do you want to have in your business? And this is, again, I know it's not answering the question fully, but let me give you more context. Do you want to be more of a teacher? Do you want to be more of a facilitator? Do you want to be more of a mentor? How do you see yourself scaling in the business by still being involved in it, but also being able to outsource? Because that's the most important thing. And the other thing which is annoying is that there's the least sexy work you have to do to scale. People get really excited about creating a new product. You know, the launch, we talked about a few times in like in chats, like not, not on air, but the excitement of the launch, the launches are cool. So we get excited about that. And then people focus on what product can I launch or how can I evolve? What new can I get out almost? Can I, what can I birth? And it's great because you're creative. You love that. The problem is if you don't do the background work and you don't look at how to delegate or simplify or outsource or streamline your systems, then you're not really scaling. You're actually just adding more work to yourself and that getting drained. So that's one of the biggest things that I say. And again, that's why in the accelerator, I have the carrot and the stick. The carrot is actually looking at fun ways to turn your minimal viable product, your core method, framework, whatever it is, obviously we talk about it, and turn it into like something live or maybe something that is more scalable one to many. But then also there's a stick, which is how are you running your business right now? How can you start making some changes now when maybe it doesn't feel like it's needed? Because that's the problem. Most of us try to either outsource or delegate or simplify or, or do other things within our systems way back when we're like actually drowning. Can you actually set up some of these things now? Can you start that process now so that when you are in the position, when you're launching something, when you're changing something, when you're pushing, you actually have more time to cater for that. So that will be my thing. So to recap, and also, by the way, I'm going to do another plug. I'm sorry, but I talk about the system, the system that we use in Accelerator and the system that I advocate is the one from my book, Reclaim Your Time Off. So simplify delegate automate so if you like books that could be another way to get a bit more guidance on that side of thing but to recap first step and then i want to hear amy's feedback or if it makes sense <laughs> in any way but would be to look at the what you want to scale what is the product what is the service that you want to scale and understand how we can work 
within what the product is and also with what role do you want to have in the business so that's very important so that's the first step which you can do yourself you can do with a coach you can do with a friend you can do in the accelerator whatever you want and the second step is start now actually mapping how can you work more efficiently so that you can make the time to scale and then you can actually have more focus and step back sooner rather than later because that's the biggest issue that people have so these will be the two things are they making sense am i actually giving anything or am i just waffling no it's making total sense do you know what you're making me feel like as soon as we get off this call i need to get out my big flip chart paper my sharpies i've got my sharpies like right next to my computer and feel like i need to start mapping things all out um and i love i love what you're saying in terms of you know decide on the role that you want um i think that's that is really nice to have as an idea right from the word go and have clarity around actually how do you want to grow with the business um because as well i guess if you're a service provider currently providing one-to-one it can be very um very natural to think well it's me I am the business but actually it's like well actually you know are you do you still want to be the business or is the business a separate thing and you're you know you're becoming the CEO of the business so what role are you are you playing as that does start to scale so I really really like that I think that's some really great advice thank you no worries and no worries to whoever actually asked the question and they probably got hopefully something they can take on um again it's something that I've it's quite fortuitous that it came now because again, Amy is going through the process and I'm literally kind of mapping out everything for the accelerator, which didn't mention starts in January. So if you're listening to this, it's going to start at the beginning of the year. Bold, but I just thought people might be excited to do at the end of the year, but also think we don't have the energy. So we kind of decided to go with where people's energies are at. And it goes probably with a conversation we're going to have later on, but January, I think for a lot of people is a time of actually reflection. There's less pushing these days in January. There's more setting up and gearing up because in December, we're just too tired to do it. So, you know, I think it's, it's things that I've learned for myself and because I want to give the best to clients and students, you're getting the advice that I will give them. Obviously we then will do it together without you're going to get your Sharpies and do it on your own, which is also fine. But it's the same advice that I would give them. So I'm not telling you anything that I wouldn't tell somebody that is working with me because I think that's the best way to do it for yourself. And that's the best way that I've done it for me. So I hope it helps. And after this, I shall say, Amy, first of all, thank you again for chatting with us. It was an absolute pleasure. Remind us again, if people want to get your help, they want to get your support, they want to get help with mindset and confidence and all the good things, where should they go? Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, so you can find out more about me over on Instagram at Amy Layton or on my website, amylayton.com. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode. If you loved it, please take some time to give us five stars on iTunes. And make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on Instagram at Creative Impact Co. Also, you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group.